Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Yeah, so you're, you're in a series talking about Joshua and the people of God um, going out of captivity and the desert into the land of promise. And, and uh, so I'm going to you know, jump in here and add some thoughts to this journey because the story of Joshua is a, a story of transition, uh, transition in different seasons, different uh, leadership because Moses was the leader and talk about uh, great shoes to fill or great sandals, I suppose, uh, to fill. Moses is one of the best, greatest leaders in the Bible. And so Joshua was fulfilling that call and leading people to a place that God had promised. And so this this season of transition and change and promotion and opportunity uh, and opposition is significant to us. And and I think we have a lot that we can uh, learn from it. So we talk about navigating transition. We're talking about obviously from Moses to Joshua, from uh, Egypt to Canaan, from slavery into uh, being able on your own to serve God and to follow his purposes in in their life. And so when they got to the promised land, they had to deal with fear and disappointment in their life and in the situation around them. And we used to talk about one of the big transitions was not only to take uh, the people, God's people, out of the desert. In my notes, I spelled it dessert, but I know what I meant. I guess he can take us from dessert to something better too, but uh, take the people out of the desert, but also to get the desert out of the people. So Egypt is a land of captivity. And so you and I, we come from a land of captivity in our humanity and our sins, our failures, our past circumstances. And God is taking us on a journey, a journey of where we are right now and where he wants to take us. And um, that um, he wants to bring freedom to us so that we can do what he's called us to do in, in the land of promise. And so one of the things that we notice here is that God takes them in to this promised land. And as uh, Pastor Michael mentioned they faced Jericho. And Jericho was this reputa- a city of great reputation that it's uh, undefeatable. It's in, you couldn't penetrate that. But through God's blessing, they defeated Jericho. The walls of Jericho came down. And, but then something happened where some of the people of Israel took belongings, took stuff from that that conquering event. Now, it was typical, it was normal, it was understood when you conquer somebody, you take the spoils. But God said, no, in this first one, don't keep anything for yourself. And so they experienced a great miracle, they trusted God in a significant way, but something got revealed in their heart, a lack of trust. I wonder if that's the way you are. Sometimes we're just believing God for big things and trusting God and he's provided and brought blessing. 
And then we turn the corner and the next thing that we're facing, there's a fear in us. And so we hold back a little bit. And um, we're, we're hesitant to trust God. And uh, so it, it reveals things in our own heart and in our own soul that need to be worked out because it costs them dearly. So in the next battle that they face, AI, they're defeated because they disobeyed God. They showed they weren't, they couldn't trust him. And so this is a dilemma of the people of God. I want you to know throughout the scripture, good men and women of great faith and great boldness and great courage would trust God, but then things come out in their heart. You know, when Moses performed this great miracle, the people were thirsty and they were complaining. And so he got frustrated about their complaining. And God said to him, speak to the rock and water will come out. I'll do another miracle and provide for the people of Israel. But in his anger, he took his staff, his, his stick, and he hit the rock. And God still honored the people and caused water to come out. But it was because of Moses' anger that he didn't obey God fully, and he didn't get to go into the land of promise. So while God blessed Moses in that moment, it wasn't endorsing what was going on in his soul. And so you and I, sometimes we, God blesses us and provides for us, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean he's endorsing everything that's going on in our soul. There are still things we need to trust him with and be honest and humble with and, and yield to him. And a key scripture for the book of Joshua is Joshua 1.9. And Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is a theme here. And he tells them, be strong and courageous. So I'm thinking of the opposite. What causes us to not have strength? What causes us to not be courageous? You know, what hinders our strength? Sometimes uh, there's a scripture that we always quote uh, in the Old Testament, let the weak say I'm strong. And that's to show sort of a spirit of faith and courage. But sometimes in church, we, the weak say we're strong because we don't want to deal with the issues in our heart. We just want to skip on over them. But you have to be careful that we're not like Moses so that we get into a situation and we still haven't dealt with that anger. We still haven't dealt with that grief or that hurt. And in, a, in the day that we're living in now with COVID and the coronavirus and this pandemic, it's, it's like nothing that we've ever experienced. And we're trying to walk through this season and it's not easy. It's been a hard time for people. It's been a hard time for pastors. It's been a hard time for churches, hard time for believers, like it has for anybody. And, but in this, in this season, now we have a chance to say, well, what can I deal with in my own heart as we're navigating through this? You know, when, when things first started shutting down, how many of you, we thought, okay, we're going to flatten the curve. That was the term back then. And uh, I, I uh, created a curve from eating some stuff, but... I, I got it. We're supposed to flatten the curve. But that, who thought? I mean, I thought in a year from now, everything will be on to normal. But then 
2020, 2021, here we're into our third year, and there's still more going on. And it, it's wearisome, isn't it? If you're honest, you know, sometimes you love God and you trust him, but it, there's grieving that goes on and frustration and, and hurt in our life. And listen, we live in a society today that has uh, struggles with our mental and emotional health. We've, become, we've heard about this conversation more recently than ever. We're hearing about burnout and PTSD and stress and depression. I read this study that said 8.6 million people aged 18 to 64 in the United States have a diagnosis of PTSD. Eight and a half million people between 18 and 64 have this diagnosis of PTSD. It's dealing with trauma or crisis or maybe not dealing, in the middle of dealing with it. And so um, a couple months back, I was in the airport. And as I'm getting ready for my plane to board, I go by one of those shops and uh, to get a bottle of water or something. And they have magazines on the rack. And there were five or six magazines side by side that had someone on the cover of the magazine. And, and every one of them was dealing with a story on mental and emotional health. It was Prince Harry and Meghan's. And it was Simone Biles and Gabby Petito. Remember that young girl that was uh, kidnapped and murdered in, in Wyoming or something, Montana? Uh, Megan Trainer, Jennifer Aniston. And the cover story was about their emotional health and struggles. And so to me, it speaks of our society and our culture. One, it's a good thing that we're talking about it. And two, it's like people that we might imagine to be, oh, they're successful or they're doing this or that, then maybe they're not dealing with it. But it's a reality it's, it's, uh, that, that in our culture, in our humanity, emotional health is, is an issue that we, we have to resolve. And so I want you to know that strong faith does not mean that you don't have emotional battles. Strong faith and genuine trust in God doesn't mean that there aren't hurts and wounds and disappointments and heartbreaks that we need to deal with. And so on one hand, I want to normalize this so that you're not struggling with shame or inward, you know, we're here and we're singing that uh, sorrow may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning and secretly inside you're like, man, this is a long night. This is like three years of night, all right? And uh, then you start wondering, well, maybe I'm not so strong in my faith, or maybe I've done something to displease God, or maybe he's not working on my behalf. But I want you to know, strong faith and, and God's hand on your life does not mean you don't have emotional battles and struggles that we have to deal with. And so we look at the symptoms around us and we think about, uh, and, and maybe you're one of those that is dealing with something on this list of things, whether it's stress and anxiety, whether it's isolation. I want to encourage you. Some of you are watching church online and you're an important part of this church community being uh, a church online. And so we're glad that you're with us. And, 
And I want to encourage you just to stay plugged in and, and keep being a part of it. But I want to encourage all of us to, to watch so that we don't get so isolated that it begins to add to the problems we deal with in our life. So when, when things change culturally and we're able to have small groups again, you know, that's going to be a great thing for many people. But, but try when you can to be a part of this of a family of God, a family being engaged and being involved in church. And, and, but we could have been through loss, losses of job, losses of friends. Maybe you know somebody who passed away from COVID. And um, maybe you've experienced the loss of friendships and relationships. And, and, um, and one of the things that we notice is, is in the last couple of years, how much hate is being talked about, how much we see uh, hate being talked about and expressed and it's like this is in our world and we have to guard over our hearts so that we don't just buy into that kind of anger and hostility um there's a um, a movie that i saw um, i think it's been a little over a year and a half or so ago a couple of years uh, tom hanks was in it called the news of the world and it was uh, in the 1800s, and he used to travel around and read the news from newspapers. Uh, you can't really trust the news these days, but uh, he would read. But in this movie near the end, he tells a story that stood out to me. So he tells a story that in, in Louisiana, in the 1800s, a man named Alfred Blackstone was 47 years old, and he fell into some kind of coma. So he's reading this story in the paper and telling people about it. And so the wife calls the doctor. The doctor comes out. This is in the 1800s. And he's checking in. He can't find a pulse. And the guy's cold. And he's like, I'm sorry, your, your husband passed. And so later that day, they, in this small community, there's a cemetery right next to the local church. So they take him and bury him in the cemetery. And then uh, the next day is a Saturday and there's a wedding at the church. And so as the bride comes up with the bridal party to the church, they hear this faint sound. They're like, what is that? And they hear it coming from the cemetery. And so they follow, talk about a wedding, this is wild. So they go and they follow and it's this guy's grave and they hear knocking in the dirt. So they dig out the wedding party, they dig out and sure enough, this guy had just... Uh, had been in a coma and passed out, but he didn't die. And so he was knocking from the inside and they took him out. And I just thought, that was such a crazy story. I know it's true because I looked it up on the internet, okay? <laughs> and so it wasn't just in the movie. You can check it out. But uh, sometimes uh, uh, there was a list of a number of real stories where people were buried alive. But why I'm bringing that up is I thought somebody said, this guy's dead, gave their opinion, and they buried him. And I wonder if, if you might feel like some part of you, of your faith, is dead. Some part of your emotions or your relationships, your gifting, your dreams. I want, you to, I want to encourage you, don't give up on what God has put on the inside of you. Because I can tell you, in 35 years of pastoring a church, there are times when things get really dark 
and you think, what have I done? Or this is messed up, or I'm never getting through this. And God has a way of turning things around. And sometimes things don't go like I thought they were going to go, or I hoped they would go. But then, I, but when he, he leads me through it, it's things are better. And, you know, Pastor Michael was up here talking about tithing. And, and um, I used to tell people at our church, you know, I don't decide to tithe every week. I decided once, like when we started, like 40 years ago, I read about that. I'm going to tithe. So it saved me decisions. I don't have to make every month, every week. I already decided once. And so I would just do it. And every year of my life, wasn't that I didn't have problems and struggles financially, but every year at the end of the year, I ended up being better off than I was in the beginning of the year. And sometimes it's like the stock market where you're like, whoa, look at this. This is a wild ride. You know, should I? I didn't say, should I tie? Should I not? I just kept giving and trusting God. And in 40 years of tithing, we've always ended up in a place better uh, at the end of the year or end of the season than we were in the beginning. But anyway, I just want to encourage you, don't give up, even though things look like they might be dead. So here's what I want to, I want to give you a couple of portions of scripture and some thoughts about it um, to um, bring this message home. So one scripture I want to talk to you about is Isaiah chapter 61. And this is a portion of scripture where Isaiah is prophesying to people. And this is what Jesus did. He took that uh, portion of scripture in Isaiah 61. And in his first sermon in Luke, he preached this sermon. And so this is what it says in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. To proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out to you is that there he's talking about how the spirit of God cares about you and I who mourn, who are heartbroken, who've been through difficulties. So he talked about comforting the brokenhearted. This is in the heart of God, our father, and in the heart of Jesus. He he talked about those who mourn, uh, that he's going to give them blessing. There is a transition that God wants to do in our life, but, but I want you to know that God cares. Your pain matters to him. And so he wants to give us a, a spirit of praise instead of despair. And then he paints a picture. He said, there will be like mighty oak trees. God used this image to paint a picture of you and me, the people of God, that he has created us to be like these mighty oak trees. And so I'll tell you, when you go through heartbreak and you go through disappointment, you go through burnout, betrayal, you don't feel like a mighty oak. You feel like a weed or something crushed. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you get this vision of the oak, because the oak tree is one of the largest trees uh, and it, it is a tree symbolized by strength. 
And I, I looked this up and did a little research on it. And the oak tree is a common symbol of strength and endurance. And many countries around the world, including USA, Germany, England, France, Romania, Poland, Wales, Jordan, Bulgaria, and others, they have picked the oak tree as their national tree. They picked it because it symbolizes strength. They want their country, even though they've been through struggles, to be a country of strength and courage. And so this is a a symbol to you and I, that the oak tree is a symbol of strength and courage. It it is... uh, a tree of great magnitude. Many times the oak tree is as wide as it is high. It is symbolic in so many significant ways. But God wants to take you from that place where you are hurting and grieving and mourning to this place of realizing that even though you've been through all that, there is a place of strength and courage for us in our life. And God has sees us in our righteousness. He doesn't see us as broken. The enemy might see you as broken, but we don't want to buy into that. We want to see ourselves as a place of strength. So what do we do as we are going through this transition from Egypt, from the desert into a place of promise? What do we do as we go through the the corona pandemic? What do we do as we go through this journey of faith? You know, one of the, the great things about this oak tree is that through its root system, it is able to pull in resources that takes them through all four seasons that we're aware of. And so there is a a way that we can draw on our strength to go through every season of life, whether it's setback or victory, whether it's disappointment or it's it's, uh, blessings or success. So Here's what what I want to leave you with. I'm going to give you this one scripture and hopefully during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I just encourage you to to participate in some way just so even if you're just taking a little time to pray every day, but be a part of this because it's an opportunity to help take you through this season into the next season. And so 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6. This is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells Timothy is a priority of focus, all right? So look at what he says. The purpose of my instruction. So the purpose of Paul's ministry of teaching and preaching is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. So I want you to notice there's three things. Paul said, this is what it's all about. And I'm telling you, as a pastoring for all those years, sometimes I, get, I would get these ideas and visions and all that, and like, what do we do? And if I got confused or overwhelmed, I went back to the basic three. What are these three things? Love from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. And then he says in verse 6, but some people have missed this whole point, and they turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. So if these three things are neglected in our transitions, in our journey, then we're missing the point. The point, the reason Jesus died, the reason Jesus forgave our sins, and the reason he called us to do something significant in life is, is important that we live out and we experience these things. Love from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. So let's talk about those just for a few minutes before as I, we get to the point to close here. Our focus should be love from a pure heart. Now, what I take that to mean is that I am to fully love others 
And when I can't, that I work on the purification of my heart. So think about that. Meditate on that and pray, pray about that because this is what I look at. Like God you wants me to have love from a pure heart. So I want to love people fully. But when we can't, we start working on purifying our heart so we can love people better. Does that make sense? Yeah. And because I know it's a shock, but there are things in my heart sometimes where it's hard to love people. You know, because it, it's like um, he said that we're supposed to love our enemies. Sometimes our friends are hard to love. You ever notice that one? Whew. Man, you just got through the, sometimes it's your family. You just got through the holidays. Maybe you were re- reminded about conflicts in the family because it's like, oh man, here we go again. But he wants to free us from brokenness and resentment and grief so that we can love people more purely. And in Psalm 51, 10, it says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Jesus taught us that out of our own heart comes anger and resentment and hatred. And if you've gotten betrayed and rejected a few times, been through some kind of abuse in your life, uh, you'll find this to be a challenge sometimes, the loving from a pure heart. And we, that is a priority for us. So we say, Lord, during these 21 days, Lord, show me where I'm not loving like you want me to be. And you know, sometimes it's just, you have to start with forgiving. Sometimes I've been through seasons where I had to forgive the same people like every day for weeks or months. And uh, so, Lord, I'm saying, Lord, just help me to love from a pure heart. And, this, and the second thing that we focus on is a clear conscience. And a clear conscience, I feel like it's very connected to this love from a pure heart. So I look at the clear conscience as two things. Having peace of mind so that I'm, I'm free from uh, fear. A clear conscience, free from shame. And then uh, resolved past failures in my life. And so... This brings us to those, those issues that, um, you know, Moses had to deal with anger, didn't he? And he did not have that clear conscience or loving from a pure heart in that moment. So he, act, he reacted and acted out of those wounded emotions. And it cost him. And it cost it. God, in his grace and mercy, blessed the people, but he had to pay. And so it's, not, it's just a reminder for us to be checking our heart. So I found myself praying, um, praying for a healthy, untethered soul. I saw this book, The Untethered Soul, so I started reading that. But it made me think, what a great picture, because it's like some part of you gets connected to an event in the past. And I said, Lord, I don't want to come to this moment carrying all this baggage from the past. I want to be able to love now, in this moment, be free and love from a pure heart. So I pray, Lord, help me to live my life this way, that I'm not pressing for significance. I'm not struggling for recognition. I'm unhindered by past hurts and losses or disappointments free from bitterness, fully forgiving, 
Lord, heal my soul from the residue of grief and anxiety and burnout. You know, heal my soul from Egypt. So those kind of prayers, we find that, that we struggle for a sense of significance, so we act in some way. But to me, it, it clutters that idea of loving from a pure heart and living out of a, pure con- a pure con- uh, clear conscience. What we experience in our life is that we, we can have insecurities. And we find that our faith is wrapped up in insecurities on how we see ourselves, how we see others. But if we can get free and we can, we can trust God, then we don't live out of the need of constant endorsement. So we're free to just love the person that's in front of us. To love them freely without looking for a payback, but just to be a blessing. Insecurity, sometimes when you go through some of these griefs that we've been through in life and and difficulties, those insecurities are, are strong in there. So we say, Lord, I notice this in my soul. Can you take this? Can you bring healing? You know, we're all familiar with FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. I'm sure there's some deep study about that, that you, you know, you, you want to be in on what's cool and exciting. But, you know, I found something th- that uh, is even better than FOMO. It's JOMO. It's the joy of missing out. Sometimes people talk about what they're going to be doing and everything. I'm like, you guys have a good time. I'm, I'm good. I have the joy of missing out on that situation. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be playful a little bit, but sometimes we have these investments in things, expectations of others that the other people didn't even sign up for. But we're holding them accountable to some expectation we have. But the result is we can't love freely like God wants us to. I found myself sometimes feeling like I'm making good progress and then I get triggered. You know what that means? We hear that word a lot, trigger. That's what happens when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see that old friend that you, you thought you forgave and then they're like celebrating, having a great time and then you're just like, you get triggered and you're like reliving that same deal that went down and like, shoot, I thought I forgave them. It's like, well, you made the decision one that got you through, but here you are. It's like it happened again. So let, start again, forgive them, let it go, move forward. You know, counselors will tell you that part of this healing of the soul is it's like you've got to do some work. And so doing the work can be unclear, but I think working on yourself means you stop waiting for somebody else to get their act together before you can work on yours. You know, some people you're just never going to get an apology from. I know it makes sense. It seems reasonable. They should. You look at people, they're supposed to be faithful followers of Jesus and look what they did or didn't do or look how they treated you. You can't wait for them to get it together. You just got to do the work yourself. Just like, okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to move forward. I don't want to be bound and held back. And so um, the last part of those three things is genuine faith, a sincere faith. And if I was to simplify a genuine faith I would say to me it means gratitude and trust 
that if we can really find a way to express gratitude, maybe this is something that you could do during the 21 days of fasting, is to every day write three things. I mean, it can be good coffee, it can be my friend, my family, it can be whatever, but that you start out writing down three things that you're grateful for and start with gratitude. I wonder if the people of Israel, if it might have saved them a lot of problems if they just focused on what God had brought them through, how grateful they could be to him, what he has done. Look where we've come. Look what he's promised us. But somehow it's the insecurities or the hurts or the expectations we want more. We want it now. I mean, don't you like, I like my prayer answered like now. You know what I mean? Like before I leave the building prayer. And, uh, you know, God, sometimes we, we have to have patience in our soul. I have to be honest. I, I liked, I've prayed this prayer. Lord, please give me patience. But don't give me opportunities to learn patience because you've given me plenty of those. And as you notice, it didn't work out too good. So just give me the patience. But it's gratitude and trust. Trust is important because sometimes we look at our circumstances. You know, when we look at what we've been through in COVID and we look through what we've been through as a society and, and it, sometimes it's, it's challenging to find two or three things that you're grateful for. But the result is that we stop trusting God. And I have to say, if, if there's one thing that I struggled with the most when I was a lead pastor involved with people on a day-to-day basis in their relationships is that when people would go through a crisis or a difficulty, the hardest thing was to watch them turn from God rather than turn to God. And I thought, here's the time that we need him the most in times of misunderstanding or times of uncertainty. It's like, Lord, I don't know why this happened. I prayed for a different result. I, I was hoping for something different. I don't know why this happened, but In my pain, I'm choosing to trust you because that's when we need him most. Resist the temptation to turn away from God in the middle of disappointments and pain. Turn to him and trust him. Trust him with your today. Trust him with your tomorrow. Trust him with fulfilling the needs that you have in your soul. Trust and gratitude will keep you Keep your fresh, your faith fresh and alive. If you can genuinely say, Lord, I'm, I'm grateful for these things in the middle of all the disappointments. I've had some friends that mean so much to me that are no longer in my circle of friends, but I'm grateful for the ones I do have. I'm going to put my focus there. Lord, I'm going to trust you that you will bring me into good relationships, even better relationships than I've had before. So we keep focusing on that trust in God, trusting in his provision, trusting in his healing and grateful for what he's doing in us. Well, I'm out of time, but there's a, just a few thoughts I had for you that I wanted to bring. And, and I know that, that we've all, uh, you know, I, I think we're all aware that the Bible doesn't promise us a life with no problems and no battles and no difficulties. He does promise us he'll go through them with us, that he will provide and bring us into a place of blessing. So I want to encourage you in this season of transition 
Don't give up. Dig in. Trust him. Work on those things that are a priority in your soul. And trust God with those things that we can't control. He'll take us through the different battles. He takes us from Jericho to AI. And we don't plan all that. We trust him. And we follow him. I want to just take a minute and pray for you. If you'll let me and just um, pray for God's healing in your heart. If you'll just bow your head for a moment. Even those online. You might be tempted just to shut it off. But hang on just two minutes. Let me just pray with you. Because God knows you right there in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you might be online. God had you tune in for this moment right here. So God, I pray for each person, their heart, our hearts are so important to you. Our souls are what you desire to save, to save our soul. And so I pray for healing, healing of the broken places in our heart. Those who are grieving loss, I pray that you'd comfort them. I pray that you would turn our mourning into joy. I pray, Lord, that you would give us, instead of despair, a sense of faith and expectation. Lord, renew our ability to trust and help us to see the daily, weekly blessing of God, provision of God, so we can be grateful. I pray that you would lift the spirit of heaviness and weariness. I pray those that are struggling with depression or despair and anxiety that grips our heart, Lord, I pray that you'd free people from that in this moment. Those in this room, those online, bring healing and bring freedom, oh God. And if there's anybody listening to me and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's a matter of trust. So I want to invite you to trust Jesus today. Trust them with your today, but trust them with your eternity. Just take a moment and say to Jesus quietly in this prayer, say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my heart and my soul. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and free me from sin and heal my heart. I want to live with you for eternity. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. It's just a simple prayer like that that brings transformation changes your eternity and can change your life now lord i pray that you'd bless people as they grow cause them to be those great oaks of righteousness in our community and in our world and i thank you lord for this great church and pastors michael and corinne bless them bless their family and lord i pray that this church would be a church unified together and serving you and loving you. And bless them. Let them see so clearly the favor of God on them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.